Thanks for joining us for Episode 7 of Season 2 of Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Jody, a business owner and communication strategist. And Jody doesn't like it when people talk about themselves in third person. Jody finds it annoying. <laughs> what would Jody say about this podcast? Jody likes the podcast. Jody like podcasts. Duly noted. I'm Glenn, Jody's partner in life and business. And I recently read that a Florida woman, cue the groans, opened her bathroom door recently only to see an iguana on her toilet. She was quoted as saying, I saw this thing in there and quickly shut the door. I've said that too, but without the iguana. <laughs> TMI. Yeah. On today's show, we talk about being a micro business versus a small business and then catch up with fellow couplepreneurs. I think that's actually a word. It is now. Jane and Scott Levine with River City Print and Imaging. At the end of the episode, we vote on some vacay, yays, and nays. Now, without further ado, let's get started with this episode of Couples Inc. We're going to discuss what it means to be a micro business versus a small business. Um, a lot of times people will refer to small business and it can range from us, a two-person operation that contracts with experts in certain fields, to a whatever size, 300 to 500, I think you did the, the stats, business. And that's a huge difference. So that's why we've kind of started calling ourselves a micro-business. But it got us thinking, what does that mean? And is that a good thing to be micro versus small versus large or not? There wasn't a lot of information about micro-business, mm -hmm. except when you started to look at different websites outside the U.S. Oh. And it seems like there's a lot more activity going on in terms of the governments of different nations and some of the uh, business groups, the larger business groups, getting involved with micro-businesses. Oh, you know, the, the like, so are you talking about like government uh, resources for micro businesses or regulation or what are you saying or networking the the, the all three mm -hmm. the answer is yes because they seem to put a premium and have had much more experience with this in their economies oh. over the past you know 15 20 25 years it kind of follows the track of the internet's rise mm -hmm. to prominence the interwebs you mean right it could be, I guess, because there's so much more information now available to people who would want to start their own business. Mm -hmm. I think because of the ease at which you can create things on your own without having to go someplace, the fact that you have a way to connect through a lot of social media and or YouTube or what have you. Without having to be in a physical location yeah, like you did in the Yeah, I past. think there is a, a push for a lot more micro-businesses. What you might have called in the past freelancers yeah. can now actually be considered a micro-business. Sure. What constitutes a small business in terms of size? Like, what what is the official Definition, or we'll call it semi-official because it's a combination of uh, the Census Bureau, mm -hmm. the U.S. Census Bureau, and the Small Business Administration. Okay, they work together to define uh, the size is one thing. Under three hundred employees, I think is the standard. Or but the see, that's what I'm standard. saying is like that's why I I feel like we should refer to ourselves as a micro business because to compare 
two people to 300 as in the same category seems just crazy town. According to the Association for Enterprise Opportunity, or the AEO, microbusinesses have fewer than five employees, including the owner. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I think that's kind of what you would consider because restaurants, individually owned restaurants, mm-hmm. they're very small compared to the 300 staff, but they're yeah. still not micro. You have your owners, then you have maybe the people who are um, behind the scenes, and you have the front of house, and you have different shifts. So you may have anywhere from 15 to 20 employees or more. Yeah, the number of employees comes into mm-hmm. play here. Also, the industry category will affect it. Oh, okay. And the annual revenue of the business. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Those are so, three of the So how does the factors. industry affect it? I mean, are there certain industries, like if you're manufacturing, even if you're two people, you're still big? or? Yeah, it's kind of like you have, uh, let's say you're in a service industry like mm-hmm. we are. I think the gross annual revenue is less for that to be classified as a small business than if you had a larger overhead industry that you got it like manufacturing right so it it it, that that does make sense because you may have a very you know few number of employees but you make more billing or vice versa you may have just a massive amount of billing but you have an overhead that kind of counters that so yes you are large but really you still have the profit margins of a small business so that makes sense yeah in businessnewsdaily.com which we'll put links on for Mm -hmm. both of these sources in our show notes on our website which is couplesincpodcast.com over 90 percent of all businesses in the u.s are micro businesses micro not just small micro Yeah. yeah wow i was really blown away by that well i guess again because of the classification like do they consider if you are, say, an Uber driver, is are you your own business or are you part of a large business? I would think that you're part of a large business. You do you're, own yeah, your you, vehicle. Right. You, you maintain ownership of your vehicle. But I think that's part of a larger mm-hmm. But know, there is a lot of gig economy, business. and there may be people who are considered yeah. micro-businesses because they diversify their gig economy. Let's say you open a bake shop, mm-hmm. and it's you and maybe two other people. That's true. Well, that's a micro business, and you see those things everywhere. A the pop up shop. shops, the yeah. coffee shops, the the truck, food truck industry. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I would. I'm going to push back. I would question that percentage, but we will put a link in there. You take it up with Mister Business News Daily if you Ms. want to. Business News. It was he who wrote this column, right? So yeah, but but it does. But the thing is, I've often heard stories about. Or read articles that say small business is, you know, the primary driver of our economy as opposed to large businesses. And even large businesses don't seem as big as they used to. Remember back in the day when you'd think a factory was opening and they'd have like thousands of jobs and stuff like that? And now you yeah. hear a report, a factory is open and they're going to hire 400 people. Yeah. Because there's so much automation and there's so much, you know, but it's just very different. Those factors have changed it, too. Mm -hmm. It's not just one thing that all of a sudden, let's say the 90% is accurate. Well, 90% all of a sudden have done this. Think about the town where you grew up, Mm -hmm. the jeweler. Okay. That you is had true. A grocery yeah. store owner that was probably local. Hair salon. Hair salons all over. You know, it, it's that's true. Maybe it is more than I than I realized. More, because much more pervasive. Because yeah, if you if you go down, you know, along 
Main Street or any strip mall, yeah, you're going to have some of the big store, like AT&T store, but you're also going to have a nail salon or you might have an antique store or a bookstore that has, you know, only a few people employed. So yeah, it is, it is interesting. So now, now that we've kind of defined micro versus small, and I mean, whether or not we, we had to define it, but I think in my mind, I am comfortable with that. In fact, I like our status as a micro business and I kind of like like having that definition, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's where we want to be. Now there are pros and cons to that, to being a micro business versus being a small business versus, I guess, expanding even more. One of the pros that I really like, and you've taken advantage of this many times yourself, is mobility. Mm-hmm. We can work from anywhere. Yes. With the rise of portable devices that exchange information and make you available to your resources and them to you, then that's mobility. Yeah, part of it's being a micro business, part of it's our industry. But yeah, being a micro business where you don't have to be um, responsible for other employees or in a location that has a, that, you know, that you have a physical space with a lot of employees and you have, you know, you're so large that you actually need an HR department. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, you don't have that flexibility to work wherever, whenever. And I'm not responsible for you. If you tell a client one thing, I have to go back behind you and say, look, you know, <laughs> Jody was just feeling her oats that day. All right. Let me sh- let me straighten things out. All right. She just she went to the bookstore yet again. She's yeah. got a problem. She buys way too many She books. gets on that emotional high and those synapses are all. So, like, yeah, micro business, you are able to work wherever. I think you're all, yeah, mobile, Mm -hmm. mobile or mobile. But then also you are um, nimble. You can adapt and change things a lot faster that way. And I'm comfortable with that ability as well in that you can, um, when we first started out, we had different uh, clients. We've changed those clients uh, you know, as as is the course of most agencies, as you, you know, sometimes you keep clients for a really long time, sometimes it's just a project. But we've kind of been able to adapt to our clients and our clients' needs. We've been able to easily adapt to new technologies. You know, we didn't go in and invest a ton into one particular type of channel. Um, we can basically look toward resources for those things. Yeah, that's flexibility. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I have on my list, too. Yeah. We can pivot on a dime. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go through layers of people or other things that we have at our disposal that, you know, somebody says, we want to change our strategy. We want to change the way that we're reaching out to people and move to this channel. It isn't going to take a couple of weeks or a month for us we can probably do that within 24 hours. Right. Because, we, and then we, we don't have to worry about, you know, say we um, had focused entirely on video production. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, oh, well, no, we really want to just do social media and ad buying. Okay. Well, then we have a whole video crew that we'd have to let go. But we are able to say, okay, we are going to go to the experts who do this and contract with them for this particular um, project. One last thing before we move on to the cons. It is excellence. When people engage a micro business, almost all the time, they're dealing with top tier staff. Because there's no other. Top tier personnel Mm -hmm. working directly with the customer. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And I like the fact that we work, we often find our best clients we try to seek out clients 
where we are business owner to business owner. You know, we are working directly with the decision maker and they're working directly with the decision maker or directly with the person who's going to not only sell them on the idea, but then follow through. Mm-hmm. Um, being a micro business, yes, you you don't grow to a point where we have a lot of other staff that take on clients that we don't know anything about and that those clients don't know anything about us. That takes me to our other side of being a micro business. The cons. The cons in that it is all just us and that can get very tough um, in terms of having to meet the demand. Mm -hmm. And then also it limits our income because we don't have staff making money while we're doing other things. If we don't work, we don't, you know, get paid. You know, as well as I do that fatigue can set in and it's, I wouldn't call it burnout so much because I don't feel the same with our business as I did before with businesses where I was an employee. Mm -hmm. I think I burned out much more easily at those places, if only for a little while, and then you take a vacation or a little time off, a day off or whatever, and you recharge, and you come back and you feel refreshed. This is something that's always there, but again, a pro is that you're doing something that you really care about, that you really love. Right, and then you are the you get to have a little bit more control. Yes, in a service industry, you still work with clients, but you have more control over your your situation and it is and also you can see the benefit of some of the things you you do that you don't necessarily want to do the tasks that you don't necessarily like mm-hmm. but you can see the direct benefit of those because as a business owner you are you know you see the big picture yeah the capital is also not as easy to come by mm-hmm. with a micro business you're not as apt to be able to walk up to a banker and show them a relatively small balance sheet right and small projections and get the kind of financing or the kind of loan that you need for let's say you need to buy a big piece of equipment that's very expensive a lot of times you can't do that with conventional you have to go to a loan shark <laughs> Did, wait you tell me uh, you've not, never not done that, that we've ever tell me no. tell me tell me you've yeah. never done that well i've been meaning to talk to you yeah you know <laughs> no you're Sorry. right i mean it for us we don't really have any collateral. We don't have anything that the bank, you know, could acquire. So that's one reason you don't get loans. So you don't have that um, that potential for revenue. Or if you do, you're talking about investors who are going to want something, and then that takes you from micro business to something else. Um, or if you give part ownership, to yeah, those exactly. Investors. And I've seen, you yeah. know, I've seen some small businesses that do that, where you you start out and it's like you see that there's like one owner or two, and then eventually it spreads to more. Well, sure. that's that's a, a smart strategy, but that obviously diversifies, you know, the risk, but it also diversifies, you know, your income and your profit. A third con that I've got here, and you've probably already considered this, is visibility. You're yes. not quite as visible. You're not as big as maybe some of your competitors. Mm-hmm. So among your prospects, you're not as able to make a splash or an impact. It's really hard to get heard. It's harder to get heard than when that you were changed in, a little a bit, big I in think, the marketplace. Though. I think it's changed a little bit. I agree with you that it is, you're going to hear about the larger companies. So for instance, if you are like us, an agency, you're going to hear about the other large agency that just want an account. Or if you are the bakery, you're probably going to have someone who's going to help 
tout you and you get more PR or you are going to have more presence because you can go to different places and be on site to have a pop-up shop or something. You can have more of a presence. When you are a micro business, if it's just you and a couple of other people and let's say you have a coffee shop, Mm -hmm. when are you going to have time to generate uh, press releases, media releases, for example. That's true. That is true. About you're opening this location or you've got a new agreement with a big coffee maker that's one of the top 10 in Coffee World magazine. Coffee. Not a sponsor if there is a Coffee World magazine. Right. If not, we should start one. We'll start one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll gobble it up. Yeah. Um, Drink it. I see what you're saying. So, yeah, it's it's a combination. And then, like I said before, we've heard this about other small business owners is that the beauty of having employees and having a business that is not so reliant on them is that it continues to make money even when they take a vacation mm-hmm. or while you know they're doing other things. It, they can make a lot more money than they ever could on their own because you know there's only so much you can do. And then they are able to rely on others to take on the load so that they can expen- exponentially increase their their income and their presence. So yeah, there is some there is something to be said for being a small business. And there is nothing wrong with striving to be that small business. I think with our discussion here, part of it was to let for us to real you know, we're comfortable with being a micro business. And if you're a couple who has a business and is a micro business, then that's totally fine. I think it's it's what you want. If you want to get to the next level of being a small business then that's where you lay the steps and the groundwork to grow to that point. But I think there's benefit. And there's benefit. I think there's pros and cons to both. It just depends on what you really like. One of our favorite couples, although we don't pick favorites on this show, but Scott and Jane Levine. Well, we do. Scott and Jane Levine are uh, frequent guests of our podcast, and they've come back to... Talk to us again about some fun topics. Hi, Although guys. We tried to discourage Hi. it as much as possible. They're back. They, yeah. we Glad to be them. back. I have no idea why you keep asking us, but thank Jane, you. Jane, did you leave Did you leave the oven on at home? I think we have to go, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, okay. This great podcast. Thanks, guys. Good being Thanks with so you. Much. Bye-bye. No, we, really, we always enjoy you guys coming over. And as we've often said, you guys have the highest downloaded show when our, the first episode. We're on eight, right? On. On eight now? You're, I don't know how. Many you guys ten. on, tens of tens, <laughs> tens of tens. But um, but yeah, thank you guys for for stopping by. Um, we thought for our interview with you guys, we would um, talk about a topic that's probably faced a lot of small business owners. Uh, is when you deal with growth and expanding your services, how do you maintain the quality that? kind of started you out when it was just the two of you or just a few a smaller team it's really important to maintain you know that level of of quality and consistency um and i think for us what we've tried to do over the years is to try to find um quality employees that can um carry out our mission you know, if you repeat it enough and you harp on it enough and you just make them understand the importance of quality and consistency and um, meeting deadlines and not disappointing, doing whatever you can do to um, um, meet a customer's expectations, um, it's not just you as the only person that is communicating that to, to the staff, but it's other people that 
have bought into that. Do you think that uh, too many small business owners tend to step back from the day-to-day and try to disassociate themselves for whatever reason? And I don't know if you've tried to do this or not during the time you've been in business. You can't be everywhere all the time. And And that goes back to like micromanaging. You just, you, that's a limiting factor. If you are trying to be that person that makes sure everything gets done just right, you end up being a cog in a wheel. You know, you just, you. But you got to find that balance of, like you're saying, Scott, like you've got to be hands on in some instances or for some aspects, and then you've got to be comfortable enough to let go of others. And how do you make that choice when you're a small business owner? It goes. It comes down to training. But you can't do it by yourself. There's there's jobs that just flow through the shop because we've set we've set our business up in such a way that our staff manages and handles these jobs. There's things that occur every single day that, you know, I'll find out about a job that occurred a week later. And that's a good thing. I mean, I I can't I can't grow the business and 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 as Jane says, micromanage every single step of what goes on. Self-limiting. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that we were talking about, you know, letting empowering your staff to do things frees you guys up to look at these situations strategically. You're not back there trying to keep up with an order and you're just, you know, yes, there are times when you're going to be doing that, but it gives you some breathing room so you can sit down and say, okay, here's what I want to do strategically, and that's a better use of your time than being back there micromanaging someone. That way you're not, you know, trying to keep up with what you're doing now. You're thinking ahead of what you're doing next. I don't think that we've ever been micromanagers. Our micromanaging, or at least I don't I don't think that the micromanaging was so much about the production side of us as much as it was micromanaging to make sure that we were ensuring that we were producing a quality product. Which is a good use of... Yeah. And like micromanaging may not be the right term, but it's a good use of your oversight of you guys to go in and see that, but then also frees you up for more strategic thinking. We're going to have a little fun. Um, We've done yay or nay in the past. This is actually, and Jane came up with the name, vacay yay or vacay nay. And these are all things to do with vacation or taking time off. And then we basically go around and do a yay or nay. You guys ready? What about a maybe? No. Maybe? You got, you got it doesn't maybe. go with it. <laughs> If you do it maybe, then we'll allow it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. The first one. Scheduling a buffer day before going back to work. For example... Coming back from your vacation on a Saturday, so you have Sunday to recover. Yay or nay? Jane. Oh, that's a, a yay if you can make it work. Yay, absolutely. I like to have that buffer day. Yeah. Laundry yeah, day. I think we're unanimous. I'm going to say yay for sure. When I wrote this down, I'm like, yeah, this is absolutely because you got to recover from your vacation. I think related to holidays, I think every major holiday should be on a Saturday. Yes. On a Saturday. And every, Period. Super Bowl? Every Saturday. On a Saturday. Everything should Everything be on a Saturday. Should be on so a that Saturday. way we have our Sunday buffer day. Yep. Everything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. 
you know, if you just put out a calendar with nothing but Saturdays on it, your wish is fulfilled. There you go. Or we just build in a buffer day. So you have your holiday observed and then your holiday buffer observed. Yeah. I, think we, I think we can make a calendar. We can make a calendar. All right. Jane, do you have a yay or nay for us to vote on? This one is kind of related to a previous experience. Parking in a secure parking lot <laughs> at your hotel or parking on a street to save yourself $20. Yeah, your nay. Well, yeah, and this is for the listener. Um, the four of us went on a trip to a city and for a weekend away, and we couldn't get into the parking deck, and so we parked on the side of the street. Woke up the next day, and our car had been broken into. I'm going to go definitely with parking in a secure location. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> From For now on. sure, from now on, valet. It's a valet. Yay! Yay. <laughs> I'm gonna say maybe. <gasps> no, you're like, not. It depends on how adventurous you're feeling. Yeah. You know, the time that it did happen to us, mm-hmm. we encountered some of the best of the town that we were staying in after the worst yeah after the worst but it it was really and and i'm only halfway joking about this it was it was really uh, an eye-opener to me because of all the people that came to help glenn and scott went into problem-solving mode and went to home depot and uh, not a sponsor went to home depot and (laughs) should be a sponsor after all that and just did with duct tape, plastic, Scott and a little bit of a masterful. Yeah, I was going to say I, I went along for the ride on that. I was walking with him, but he was going up and down the aisles. Okay, we need this. We need this. We need this. And within an hour, he'd fixed everything. Here's here's the next one. Have an itinerary and schedule things ahead of time. Yay or nay? Do you fly by the seat of your pants? Do you just kind of do spontaneous things? Or do you have an itinerary and a schedule and a plan when you're on vacation? Yay or nay? I like both. Sometimes so it's a maybe. It could be a maybe. How about a yay nay? A yay nay. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I've found it more advantageous usually to go ahead and schedule I was things. Say, uh, yeah, so I'm going to say yay. Since I put the itinerary, I actually literally put an itinerary together. Like I will type up the itinerary uh, for us. It'll be on our phone. And Jody is great at scheduling I stuff. Love she doing puts that. those really? things together and bang. Souvenirs. Yay or nay? Nay. No, I just, you know, I have enough stuff. You know. We always tend to get t-shirts. But, or caps. Yeah. So they're useful I, I guess, souvenirs. Yeah. Yeah. So yay on so the useful. So they're useniers. But I'm not thinking about, you know, I'm not going on a, on a trip and I'm going to buy, I mean, typically buy, I, I don't know, I don't even really think of a t-shirt as kind of a souvenir or a cap. Well, I, I tend not to want to get the souvenir just for souvenir sake like again those commemorative like a refrigerator magnet that kind of stuff so i guess i'm a yay but it's not what you would classify as what souvenirs used to be known for i always overpack yay or nay it's not a yay or nay it's just what happens i know i mean since some people are just overpackers just i am that way with it 
I'm, I'm that, and I'm not very decisive. If it fits, it goes in, and maybe I'll wear it, and maybe I won't. I'm a yay. I always over a pack. And I I'm guess, a yay. Yeah. I always bring way too much stuff. He actually ends up packing more than I do, <laughs> and I'm an overpacker. And, and, you know, and I'll, you know, like, I'll, like we'll go on vacation, and I'll pack all these shorts, and I never wear the shorts. Yeah, I always overpack. What about you? Do you overpack? Yeah, it's out of necessity for me. The few times that I have thought that I put a reasonable amount of stuff in there, it isn't enough. I get caught in something like there's a torrential rainstorm and you got one shirt that you brought. Or there's some kind of, uh, you know, you're attacked by rabid dogs and they're ripping up your only pair of pants along what with the one. What kind of vacations are you taking? Because I'm not on these well, same I vacations. Mean, I mean, are these... <laughs> I, I try to keep you shielded from oh, this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Well, that's, that's what I always say is you end up, you should pack less than you think and pay, like pack fewer clothes and take more money for any vacation. Yeah. You're going to plan to spend more that's and you're not going to. supposed to be gonna, the magic ratio. Yeah, yeah, something like that. All right. One last one. Okay. Now, this is not necessarily a yay or nay, but this is what type of vacation? Relaxing? or adventure or sightseeing or something like that. So would you just like doing nothing or do you like to go and see a lot of things? I'm going to say yay to both. <laughs> Sorry. I can't, again, indecisive. But I, I see the benefits of both. Yay and yay. I'm going to say yay and yay because for a while there I thought, oh, yeah, what is it? As I've gotten older... I like more relaxing, doing nothing vacations. When I was younger, I was all about like, not. I was never like adventure, like you're going to see me rock climbing, but I was always like, go to the city or go to this and check that out. But I still enjoy doing that and having kind of a variety of, of those kinds of things. So I think you kind of need to have a little bit of both where you can have a vacation that you do nothing or a vacation where you see things that you've always wanted to see. We, so, went, we went to a hotel and when we checked in on the... On the on the on the wall were like these axes. It was like a. It was, <laughs> it was a medieval. It was a medieval oh. thing. But we we walk in the room and Jane takes one look at these axes on the wall and she says, "I am not staying in. <laughs> I cannot in, stay here. I cannot." Did we stay did we end up moving rooms or did we move hotels? We <laughs> we checked out. We did not even stay in that. Not one night. Well, was it like over a doorway and you're worried it was going to come down and... I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know. I've, I've had some weird nightmares before we and I was had, like, this is not happening for yeah, me. Yeah, we've had some, yeah. Um, <laughs> By the way, Two Axe Hotel, if you're listening, you could be a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. We drop new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month, but to make sure you don't miss a show, follow us wherever fine podcasts are published. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to support the podcast, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating or review. And please visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com. That's couplesincpodcast.com to learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.